Ruth Chambers has a response to the Army Hammer fiasco, and it involves Timothy Chalamet. Zendaya is reminding people that she is, in fact, an adult. And we're talking all about the new season of Apple TV Plus's series, Dickinson. It's January 29th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. Today we have another very special guest co-host. She's BuzzFeed's TV editor, the one and only Nora Dominic. Hello, Nora. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to see you here. You know, a face not just on Slack all the time. I know. It's been forever, it feels like. <laughs> I know it has. Okay, so we, we need to talk about this first story because... <laughs> My brain hurts. I can't. My brain hurts. I can't even. Okay, so news that just makes you go, oh my God, why? (laughs) Timothy Chalamet may be set to star in a film about, wait for it, a cannibal (laughs) love story. Luca Guadagnino, who directed Chalamet and um, Army Hammer in Call Me By Your Name, is set to next take on an adaptation of Bones and All, according to Deadline. It's described as a film that follows Marin Yearly on a cross-country trip as she searches for the father she never met in an attempt to understand why she has the... Hmm. Urge to kill and eat the people that love her. Taylor Russell would take the lead role alongside Chalamet. And if you're disgusted by this news, you're not alone. Elizabeth Chambers, Army Hammer's ex-wife, simply posted the phrase, no comment, under a Just Jared post that explained the project. And no, Hammer is not expected to have a role in that film. My God, Nora, (laughs) what? I, okay, I saw the tweet about it last night and I literally had to Google to make sure it wasn't a fake news story. Like, I was like, is this the world we're living in where he's starring in a cannibal movie? I'm just so confused why Chalamet took this role. Like, is it like a secret wink? Is it just because he wanted to, like, what? Were they like getting ready to do Call Me By Your Name too? And they were like, let's pivot. And let's pivot to this completely unrelated project. Completely unrelated. Get rid of Army, but we'll make it about cannibals. (laughs) No one will get it. It'll be great. Oh my God. It's just so absurd. I do not know what this month has been. I do not know. (laughs) I feel like we're living in a really bad movie and this was kind of the cherry on top of it all. So meanwhile, Zendaya is reminding people she's a grown-ass woman. For context, Zendaya is getting flack about her new film, Malcolm and Marie, where she stars opposite John David Washington. The two are romantically involved in the film, and Zendaya is 24 while John is 36. So people have been pointing out the 12-year age gap. Uh, Zendaya stated, people often forget, which is understandable because I've been playing 16 since I was 16, you know, but I am grown, Zendaya said on People, the TV show. I knew that as I grow and as I evolve, there would be that moment where I could play someone my own age. I'm, I'm always like, when it comes to a celebrity, I'm always like, don't want to be like, oh, I feel so bad for them because they're a celebrity. But also, I do because, I mean, that I sucks. Do. It's, it's very much like a JoJo Siwa situation where you're like, absolutely, where you're just like, hey guys, I'm I'm not that age. I'm not yeah. a preteen for forever. And I feel like people still haven't gotten over her jump from Disney Channel star mm-hmm. to Euphoria star. Right. So then this is just an added jump. But that's also ridiculous because like in, in Euphoria, she's also playing a, a teenager, right? Yeah. So it's just kind so of now like... it's like she has to be a grown human uh, with like problems. And I'm 
I know. It'll be a jump. I know. Wait, you'll you'll know this. Who is that actor who's been in every teen show, like Teen Wolf, everything, but she's like in her 30s, but she constantly plays oh, a teenager? Bianca Lawson. Yes. <laughs> but all the way back to Buffy. Yes. She's been playing a teen since literally Buffy. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, Nora, this is a fun one for me. You know, when we asked you to come and be a guest host today, we asked you what you wanted to talk about. And you said Dickinson, the Apple TV Plus show starring Haley Steinfeld. And then we were like, oh, okay, who should we have on to interview? And, you know, there's literally no better expert on it than you at this point. So you are also our interview today, you know? So I'm excited. The second season is currently airing. It's getting a lot of buzz. How excited are you to dive into this? First of all, this is the most Nora issue to ever occur <laughs> that I have to be the interview because I know as much about Dickinson as I do. I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite underrated shows right now. I'm really excited to talk about it. Uh, me too. You know, I've, I'm only halfway through the first season because I actually started two weeks ago I, and it just took me a while because I did not have Apple TV, <laughs> but yeah. now I do. So I'm, I'm on board. So it's so good. So for people who don't know, what is the show about and who's in it? Yeah, so it stars Haley Steinfeld, Jane Krakowski, Ella Hunt. It's created by Elena Smith. And it's basically a retelling of Emily Dickinson's life before her mm. poems really got famous. Mm -hmm. um, so it's basically about, like, the girl behind the famous poet we all know. Yes. It, yeah, and let me tell you, when I saw Jane Krakowski <laughs> pop up, I was like, I literally was like, oh, what? This show just it got even like better. Because, yeah, it was very jarring. And I was, I was like, what kooky presence is she about to bring to <laughs> The show. Okay, so how is this Emily Dickinson different from the one we were taught about in school? Yeah, so this Emily Dickinson is really fun. And Haley, if you've watched any of Haley's other roles, she brings a lot of what I can imagine is herself to the role. Like mm. it's really, she's fun and she like doesn't take herself too seriously. And it's kind of refreshing to see like a lead female character that's like, not afraid to be quirky and odd yeah. and mess up. Um, so that's what like I really enjoy about it. And I think that's something fresh and new. Yeah, it very much feels like, okay, the, yes, this is a period piece, but it very much feels like it takes place in present day, but except they're yes. wearing corsets. Like that is exactly. like what the difference is here. And then I am positive you had the same reaction <laughs> I did when you turn it on and then all of a sudden you go, gay? <laughs> Yeah, I think it was literally like a bunch of my friends and I being like, oh, we're watching this now, right? <laughs> like, I think that was the literal reaction. And I love Ella Hunt. She's a, she was in this movie, uh, Anna and the Apocalypse, mm. which I loved. And so I was like, oh, she's going to be great in this. And then I was like, oh, we're doing Emily and Sue. Like, this is happening. Right. Okay, so you say Emily and Sue, and we were definitely not taught this in high school. But no. one, one of the biggest elements of the show is that we're reclaiming Emily. Emily Dickinson as a queer person because as far as we can tell she was a queer person yes and it's so great because in the first episode it's like right out of the uh -huh. gate it's like we're not like these poems were a lot of them were about Sue and like that's what this show is going to be about okay, so it's wait, like super because cool because we keep saying Sue can you tell the audience who Sue is in relation to Emily <laughs> so, listen <laughs> Sue currently is well in season one she's you know romantically linked to Emily's brother. Uh, so we're what, just rolling with it. Yeah, we're just we're just rolling with that. In historical context, spoiler, Sue was married to Emily's brother. They yes. were sister-in-laws. If we're getting real. And, yep. So, you know, there's some, 
you know, hurdles we have to jump, if you will. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we know that they're sister-in-laws. Can you talk about, like, what is rooted in fact between their relationship and the show? So a lot of it is rooted in the fact that, like, they were very close in real life. And you can get that from everything we know about Emily Dickinson. Um, And like you said, there's always been kind of this queer subtext to Emily Dickinson and who her poems were about and anything like that. So it's really taking that and bringing it to the forefront in the show. Mm, Amazing. Okay, so it's time to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to keep on diving into Dickinson. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Have you ever felt depressed about work, only to have your dad be like, why are you so down? So you told him you hate your job, and he said, well, you better talk yourself out of it. And then you thought, hmm, I love to talk. I could host a podcast. And then you went to Spreaker from iHeart and started a podcast and got good at it, then monetized it, then quit your boring job, then told your dad, thanks for the advice. And he was like, well, that's not what I meant, and I don't understand what a podcast is, but you seem happy, so that's great, kiddo. You ever do that? Well, you could. At Spreaker.com. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Ask your dad. You actually don't. The Gangster Chronicles podcast is a weekly conversation that revolves around the underworld. From criminals and entertainers to victims of crime and law enforcement, we cover all facets of the game. Gangster Chronicles podcast doesn't glorify or promote illicit activities. We just discuss the ramifications and repercussions of these activities. Because after all, if you play gangster games, you are ultimately rewarded with gangster prizes. Our Heart Radio is number one for podcasts. But don't take our word for it. Find the Gangster Chronicles podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back. We're talking with Nora Dominic about the Apple TV Plus show Dickinson. I want to play a quick clip for you here. Tonight we hold this gathering to reflect. Personally, I've been feeling a lot of uncertainty. Classic Sagittarius. Oh, great spirits. Should I seek fame? Does anybody else have any intentions? I want to make spooky shit happen and get paid. <laughs> I'm sorry, was that Debris? Was that her voice? Did I just yes, hear that? <laughs> it definitely was. Amazing. That was her. Okay, so this soundbite we just played for you really illustrates what we want to get into here. This isn't a straight-laced period drama. There is so much humor and wit. How does that set this show apart? It's so fun. It kind of reminds me of the Hulu show The Great as well. Oh, yes, they're for both, sure. They're both really good at taking these historical figures we know, but like, like you kind of said earlier, like, making it feel like present day and like they do it a lot with like the cast and the dialogue and the music and so it's just it brings it to present day but you're still talking about these characters in the context of where they were then yes okay i also want to talk about this because i thought about when i heard the sagittarius um oh do you know what's so funny (laughs) is that okay so if dickinson was a sagittarius jane austen was also a sagittarius and i think that that really sagittarius are like wild and i'm a sagittarius 
Oh my God. Yeah. Nora, I'm going to have to study you a little bit because Sagittarius <laughs> are the number one sign I don't really understand. And I actually- I know but nothing I act- about it. But I actually think that's a part of being a Sagittarius. You are so, your mind is wild. Like, it's just like, you can't pin them down. Like I'm Dickinson. literally all over the place. <laughs> but to keep talking about astrology, it's like, it's what we're talking about. This is also a show that's of its time, but it's also not. You hear the references to astrology. I also like in the first or second episode, there's a lot of like cursing and like- Words that were not said back in Dickinson's time are said. It's a very modern feel. And some people are comparing this to Sofia Coppola's take on Marie Antoinette. Does that feel accurate to you? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of making historical figures attainable for a modern audience. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want to sit there. Like, listen, Little Women is one of my favorite Mm -hmm. movies, like Greta Gerwig's version. And, like, I love being in that world then. But there's something so nice and refreshing, like you said, like, hearing them swear and hearing them, like, they'll say, like, modern words, but Mm -hmm. put it in the context of then. And it's just, like, so fun and refreshing. And it keeps the show like moving at a great pace, which I love, which I think Marie Antoinette did as well. Yeah, it really does. And the music is phenomenal. Like it's a very so just good. like, it really like takes you out of whatever you're watching. I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, like Marie Antoinette, it's giving us a different point of view on a misunderstood historical figure. And, you know, we're talking about how it's modern and stuff like that and all the cool things it's doing, but also at its heart, it, isn't this a coming of age story about dealing with love and fame and just like, I, I, that is what, carries the show you know yeah I really think so because at the end of the day some of the best moments are like Haley's Emily dealing with like does she want to be famous like is this (laughs) something she wants right and then it's like she's like but I can't keep writing poetry for myself and Sue so I gotta (laughs) do something And it's just, like, it's so wholesome, but also just, like, so funny. And like you said, like, Jane Krakowski is, like, trying to play an earnest mother, but still being Jane. Yeah, so she's just, still, like, she's so still funny. And then I love, I don't know the actor who plays her, but um, Emily's sister is funny to oh, me. She's just trying she's, to get married. She's just trying to, like, live her life. <laughs> Season two, I think she's one of my favorite characters. She's She's so good and so funny. And yeah, it just like carries the show. Okay, because I cannot stop talking about Sue. (laughs) Also for (laughs) listeners, so you might be like, how did we know Emily was queer? How'd we, how'd we really know? Um, Nor, like how many poems did she write for Sue where she was basically like, I want to kiss you? Like a hundred. You'd have to fact check me, but I'm going with it's like a hundred. Like it was explicitly clear what their relationship was. And and you know that it's not like odd or off base because the show will like full on read real Emily Dickinson Mm -hmm. poems in the context of Emily and Sue. And so you're just rolling with the show going like, oh, this makes total sense. So they didn't have to change anything. (laughs) You know, also why I'm also thinking Emily's so relatable in this. And you know, this is, I guess my memory of learning about her in high school didn't carry over, but my dudes, Emily is obsessed with death (laughs) and and Gen Z is also obsessed with death. So I feel like it's a very like relatable situation that's happening it's yeah it's so good and she like it's it's phenomenal because she's making emily like you said like i feel like i'd be best friends with emily right like i feel like we chat and have fun and we joke about that kind of thing also like wiz khalifa playing death is the best thing to ever happen and i just i mean again makes the whole emily thing like like you said like she's a millennial she's a gen z right she's exactly that but you're looking at her in the historical context and all this credit 
or not all of it, but a lot of it goes to Haley Steinfeld, you know, like she's doing such a great job playing Emily. Do, do you see anyone else on the show or her being an award season contender? Listen, you know me well enough. I am a huge underdog when yes. it comes to t- like I love an underdog TV show like Tatiana Maslany winning oh, an God. Emmy. How long did that take? I cried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And then we had to wait for Shit's Creek for seasons yes. and seasons. like yes, we we're rooting for the underdog too. Even Fleabag. So, I think Dickinson is an underdog and I think what's really helpful now is Apple TV Plus has been it's in its second year and people have really realized it's got a lot of great content. I think Whisper Ted show, Lasso, everyone watch Ted yeah, Lasso. <laughs> Ted Lasso, The Morning Show, For All Mankind, like they're all so good. And I think now not only are critics flocking to these shows, but I think people are realizing like, oh, we should be watching this. They've got a lot of great talent. Right. Like Brie Larson just signed on to do a show with them. Like mm. Sarah Bareilles has another one coming up. And so I think that's really in Dickinson's corner as well. Yeah. So, okay. I want to know, cause you know, I feel like the world is so invested in period dramas right now, historical or fictional, you know, we've got Bridgerton, we have the great, we have Dickinson, et cetera. You know, Frida Kahlo is having a new series produced about her life. Is there another historical figure whose life you'd like to see brought to life? Listen, I would love like an HBO Joan of Arc series. Ooh. Maybe this is just me. <laughs> it is not just you. <laughs> but I would I would run to it. I would flock to it. I think it'd be so good. And I just think, like you said, like Bridgerton and the great, like, and Dickinson, like there's a real power to having these female characters at the forefront of these these shows and like getting to see your current life reflected in the historical times, even with Bridgerton. Oh my God. I just decided I know what I want. This is not, this is not um, a part of history. It is fictional. I would like, (laughs) I would like a Disney plus Marvel TV show about the first 45 minutes of wonder woman when they're on. What what is that world place called again? The mascara. Yeah, I want Need that. It. I want a Need show it. where there's literally no men. <laughs> it's that, just women. Maybe that's what we want. Maybe, maybe that's, that's, what we, that's the common thread. That's what we want. <laughs> well, Nora, thank you so much for coming out today. I had so much fun. My morning has been great. <laughs> Anytime. This is always <laughs> a blast. I have so much fun. <laughs> well, listeners, that's it for today. Be sure to join us on Monday. And remember, Emily Dickinson is officially the queer icon we all need and want. History and English teachers, get with it. Oh, get with it, guys. BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bauza, Alan Haberchak, Julia Karen, and Erica Nedanin. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Monkesh Shatikadar, Samantha Hennig, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Peacock streaming the world's biggest sporting events, exclusive originals, and the latest movies. This February, we've got Super Bowl 56 and the 2022 Winter Olympics. Peacock Originals Bel Air from executive producer Will Smith and Westbrook Studios. Damn! Plus tons of new movies every week, including Marry Me, starring Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson. In theaters and streaming only on Peacock, Valentine's Day. With all this and so much more to love, sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Hello. 
I'm Minnie Driver, and on my podcast, Mini Questions, I put together a little experiment where I ask trailblazers across different disciplines the same seven questions. Questions about the inflection points in their life, what they like least about themselves, and what relationship has defined love for them. This season, I'm coming back with new trailblazers, like Blondie vocalist Debbie Harry. I did have a revelation. It was at CBGB's, as a matter of fact. I was waiting for the audience to give it to me, give it me. Then I realized that I had to make them. I had to command them. Artist and creative juggernaut Goldie. And I walk up to the mountain, I hike up. Just being in that environment and seeing life and death in front of you, right in front of you. And I go up there and scream and cry and, and, and laugh. And I find that being the happiest and many more. Join me as we continue this exploration on season two of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeart Ad Builder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com.